This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. How did a Jewish Boer rescue a Sefer Torah from the British during the Anglo-Boer War? Who was Yakels Siegel? And why was Jacob Arnold known as Paul Kruger Seguert? These and other fascinating stories feature in David Sachs' article in the upcoming online edition of Jewish Affairs. David Sachs is my colleague. He's the Associate Director of the Jewish Board of Deputies. He has also written extensively on South African military history, including the Jewish role in the Anglo-Boer War. He's also the editor of Jewish Affairs, a journal published by the Jewish Board since 1941. David, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Oh, pleasure. David, so let's start off with Jewish Affairs. Jewish Affairs has now gone online. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, it had to happen. We, we've been going since 1941, um, and we brought out the, the normal hard copy magazine, um, but it was uh, with the whole online revolution and declining s- subscribers um, to the print edition, we, we eventually had to make, make a decision to dispense with it and just go and, and have a new online format adapted to the, the way people read and communicate today. It's quite exciting, and so I think early next week it should be uh, up and running. Um, online also means more people can have access to it. Well, absolutely. Um, uh, part of the reason uh, um, so few people were actually uh, reading some of the stuff we were publishing. It was just the numbers were dropping. Um, occasionally we'd get um, inquiries from, you know, around the world even. But um, uh, this new format will make it... Uh, Really, the, the the sky's the limit. Uh, we we we, want, we are looking to greatly increase our, our readership numbers. Some of the topics um, in, in Jewish affairs, it's, um, it's quite a diverse publication. Sure. In terms sure. of what it has, I mean, I remember some of the highlights last year. You did, you know, the anniversary for Israel and mm. kind of telling stories of South Africans who fought in the war during the um, the wars in Israel. Um, mm. You've had features on. Oh, art, Jewish artists, local Jewish artists. Theatre, well, Jews in the theatre. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah, see, that was a classic uh, issue we brought out. Uh, and uh, another advantage of this new system is that we will start, re- we will republish some of the better articles from previous years because most people just didn't see them and uh, there's no no harm in uh, putting them out there again. There's amazing stories about people within our community. I know that Gwen Robbins writes stories yeah. and um, Jan Smuts's role with the Jewish community. There's like little pieces of historical gems. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's historical, cultural and also current affairs. I think we, we will be using Jewish affairs as a, as a kind of a, a vehicle also to, to say what's happening uh, in South Africa today and, and some of the bigger border deputies projects. Uh, in this next issue, we, for, we've got a big feature on the, the Women Wage Peace Delegation, who I think I'm sure you covered on your show. Um, actually, I didn't. Actually, didn't. There, there wasn't time. There wasn't time. It was because it was an unbelievably uh, packed week. Um, and uh, in, in the Jewish, Jewish report, you can only say so much. But Jewish affairs, you've got much more leeway. You can have uh, really substantial articles looking, uh, going into, in depth into uh, the into the subject. So there's so much to talk about, David, but I know if I had to say what your favorite edition was, I know it would be on the Anglo-Boer War. Yeah. You have a passion for this. Yeah, yeah, I'm part of the the group, <laughs> the military history, history groupies around the country. We go visit battlefields and uh, 
Um, we don't have secret handshakes or anything, but, um, you know, we, we speak the same language. Now, I've, I've been fascinated by South African military history, history, and I love to visit the battlefields and, uh, and write on them when I can. Um, and I've hero worship, hero worshipped from an early age, the, the Buddha, and uh, the way they took on the British Empire and, and actually outclassed them a man for man. They really were. And that doesn't happen often in history, believe me. The, the British have an outstanding military record. Um, so I have a patriotic uh, surge when I, when I uh, think about it. And when I discovered uh, that at the board, at the board there, there's a whole body of information on Jews who fought for the Boers, uh, collected by Chief Rabbi Rabinowitz back in the 1940s. Interestingly, uh, it's become one of my... Uh, yeah, one of my passions, and I've written a lot about it, including a book on, on the subject. And according to you, there are 300 Bure Yoda. Yeah, approximately. Uh, probably a little more. Um, 300 out of 85,000. I mean, it's not, a, <laughs> it's really not a great, a great number, but it's, uh, interestingly, they were spread all, all throughout the Boer forces. So, um, and a lot of these stories are recorded. So when I wrote the book, it, it, I was able to really write the history of the war with reference to these various individuals and what they did, um, whether in the siege of Kimberley or in the concentration camps even. There were some Jews in the concentration camps uh, and the POW camps, um, etc. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we had, uh, the, apart from the chief rabbi Rabinovitz, there was the sociological and an historical association that interviewed some of the, the veterans. Um, most of them had died by then, actually, but uh, they managed to capture quite a lot of information, and it made possible the writing of a, of a small but fun book. David, um, some of the stories that you've got in the Jewish affairs revolve around those who really were bitter enders, yeah. who, who saw the war through... To, to the end. Yes, uh, all were all were captured and uh, and sent to the POW camps. Yeah, um, yeah, the Jewish bitterenders of the Anglo-Boer War. So uh, they they didn't, as many of the Jewish Boers did, they didn't take the oath of allegiance once the the capitals, the Boer capitals fell. Um, but they carried on fighting the, in the guerrilla war, um, all yeah, to the end. Um, and some really interesting personalities came so, to light. So tell me about the rescue of the Sefer Torah. Well, yeah, that was a a, a, gold, a, a goldman um, from a Lithuanian. Obviously, he arrived in South Africa, um, and he became he joy, he became a farmer. He married an Afrikaans farmer's daughter. Um, in which area? Uh, in the Eastern Free State, um, but he was very. You know, still very much attached to, to Judaism, um, and during the war, uh, he, he, uh, when he was serving in the Boer forces, he heard that uh, a safer tor- the British were about to occupy a small town where he knew there was a safer Torah being kept in a shop there, and he was afraid. He knew, he decided he didn't want it to fall into their hands. But by the way, the, the British, the, the same thing was done in uh, Pitratif. The Sefer Torah was taken to Freyheit over the border because, um, and for a good reason. I mean, they, the British actually destroyed the, the, the town, including the, uh, the, 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 I think the shul, uh, or what was passing as a shul then. So he went off to with his, uh, his, Afri- his Afrikaans brother-in-law to fetch the Sefer Torah. And he did. Now, on the way back, they were stopped by a British patrol. Uh, who thought they were spies and was, you know, the, the, they wanted to shoot them. Um, and he had to explain, he had to take out the Torah and sort of give the whole story about what it was all about. And they let them go. Um, later he became the Gabai of the 
Vipener, um, uh, Hebrew congregation there. And, uh, and his, his, his wife, although she never converted, uh, his children did, but, uh, his, his wife, um, wouldn't, wouldn't allow the Sefer Torah to leave the house. So he, the, all the davening was taking place in his house and he says, uh, this Sefer Torah saved the life of my husband and my brother and it's staying here. It's quite a nice story, which is just buried. I, I just, just, it was buried in uh, the board's archives. I managed to dig it up in the course of my research. David, before we go into the others, it kind of begs two questions. The one mm. is, do you know the descendants of these, um, characters? I'm not sure about the Goldman descendants. I'm, uh, I know they all married within the faith, and um, uh, but I've never heard what happened to, the, uh, happened to them afterwards. But I quite often get inquiries about um, from descendants, actually. Uh, some of them are no longer Jewish, but are usually Jew- still Jewish. And they want further, they either give me further information or I, they want further information, which is always a, a pleasure to supply. I mean, is it worthwhile trying to do a, an event or function and have a... Or is it just too far gone in history? Yeah, um, I suppose it is too far. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's possible. I just, just don't think there are that many alive anymore. Uh, when I did the initial research 20 years ago, I still met the, the children of, 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 of some of these, including, uh, you know, Wolf Jacobson. He was a famous name. Um, uh, the first talk I gave at the Uni of Jewish Women, I started talking about the way Jewish names were mispronounced, and I mispronounced one of the names, and an elderly man rose up in the audience and says, he was my father. I love that. Um, and he actually appears in the, there's a picture of him that appears uh, he's with, by the chess set when you see it. That's uh, Hirsch Jafschitz. Uh, uh, David, um, the second question that kind of begs is Jews who fought on the side of the British. Yeah. Or British Jews. I mean, they wouldn't specifically be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are quite a lot of them, actually. Um, between two and three thousand, mainly from England itself. Uh, quite a few from, some from Canada, New Zealand and Australia as well. And then there were, there were a few hundred local, um, Jews. Uh, the English Jews naturally joined the, the the, lo- uh, the local regiments to um, and uh, basically Jews living in Natal and the Cape largely uh, joined the British forces as volunteers they didn't have to they weren't citizens or anything uh, well you would volunteer anyway um, but most remain neutral you know it wasn't their fight right okay so we've done um, what about Paul Kruger's Paul Kriasiewicz and this Jacob Arnold. Uh, he's a little guy. He was uh, from Leipzig, Germany. He was an orphan. I think he loved Kruger so much because he was a father figure in many ways. Um, and he joined the Staats Artillery. Um, and he, when the war began, he was um, already a veteran of several smaller conflicts, including the Jamison Raid. And he fought throughout the war, and he was a real Fabrinda, uh, Boer, you know, he, uh, spoke, it's funny to read about, read about him talking about the hence operas and Ferraris, you know, who betrayed the cause and so on. Uh, and very fiery and, uh, to the end of his days, um, uh, and he always, every, on the anniversary of Kruger's either birthday or death, I don't know, but he would go and lay a big wreath by the statue in, in Church Square. Uh, yeah, interesting guy. But uh, still, he still had his talents to fill in and spoke Yiddish with the chief rabbi and and so on. He he actually went to a Jewish old age home eventually because he was struggling so much. They put him there, and but he couldn't stand it, so he escaped. <laughs> when the chief rabbi wanted to interview him, he, he thought 
he was coming to fetch him back. So he brought one of his big burly Afrikaans <laughs> friends to just look after protect him. Protect uh, him, yeah. Protect him. <laughs> Did, uh, they didn't take him back, though, did he? No, 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 no. He, they didn't. And, uh, Derek, we probably have time for one more. So I'll let you choose whether it's going to be uh, the Dutch Die Hard or Wolf and Yuckles. Yeah, Yuckles. Oh, let's still speak about Wolf and Yuckles because I've mentioned Wolf. Um, Yakal Siegel, so Joseph Siegel, and he was 16 years old. He joined the Free State Forces after the fall of Bloemfontein and fought almost to the end. He was wounded and captured just about two weeks before this peace was made. And in his commando was another Jew called Wolf, Wolf, Wolf Jacobson. And they were together a lot. I mean, they came from the same shtetl in, in Latvia, though, as it happened. So, I mean, it's naturally they were together. Uh, and their local, you know, you know, Wolf and Yuckles, it's an Afrikaans <laughs> folklore kind of thing. Uh, so one is called Wolf, so they call the other one Yuckles. I mean, that's, that's and his name was Joseph. Joseph, yeah. Joseph. Okay. So, David, um, these stories are in the upcoming edition of Jewish Affairs, together with others, um, the yeah, stories yeah. of these men. What else can we expect when we go into Jewish Affairs? Well, for this first uh, Rosh Hashanah issue, uh, as I say, it'll be uh, on uh, live next week. Um, uh, part of the fir- first part of the history of Herber House, which is kind of a Jewish hostel for um, country country kids, which, uh, by Stuart Bucks Barmouth. And which, good news, he's on the show, I think, next week. Fantastic, good, good. I might sit in on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. something on the woman wage piece, which I've mentioned. Uh, that that that's there. Well, just just to go on about that, just just to mention that it's written by a colleague near Grindle. Grindler. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So just to say that, you know, I think Yanir sat with the women from Women Wage Peace and, you know, followed them in their movements and then came out with this piece that looked not only at the role that Women Wage Peace uh, play in Israel, mm. but I think it was very much an instigation for him to start the men's circle, the men's circle, yeah. to kind of see how men can help and ally a woman. Yes, uh, well, that was launched this week. Did you speak about it in your show? But no, not Possibly, yet. possibly not can uh, bring Yanir on. Uh, yes, uh, that was obviously <laughs> the, the, the catalyst yeah. was the, 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 the horrific uh, gender violence yes. that has really traumatized yes. the nation so yes. much. Um, but, you know, Yanir was, uh, he set up this, this, he ran the tour basically yes. and was very much affected by what he heard. Yeah. Yes. And what else? Uh, well, there's a, an article by Veronica Billing, who's a, Billing, a, a frequent contributor. It's it's on Birj uh, or Birjai. It's it's Birjai. It's it's a shtetl in Lithuania. Uh, she was much involved in the setting up of a, a new memorial in the forest where the Jewish community was massacred. Um, and what's very, I think, very interesting about this article is that the whole the whole project was done by South African Jews and largely, but also by the local Lithuanian community in Birjai. Um, and it was, uh, I think, there wasn't very much interaction, I get, I think, between Jews and the, the Lithuanians. They were very separate. But this Holocaust commemorations are, to an extent, bringing the two peoples together to, uh, and a kind of reforging of those Lithuanian links. So it's, it's a very touching, a very moving article, and... Uh, uh, certainly worth looking at. Another Holocaust-themed article is by Marlene Bethlehem and on her role in the Swiss banks uh, and the Holocaust funds. You know, they, 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 uh, it was a big scandal in the 1990s that the Swiss banks had really held on to the, the, the funds of murdered of Holocaust victims and, you know, collaborated with Nazi Germany to an extent. Uh, so there's that. 
And finally, there's one little uh, item called, I've, I'm calling it Quirks and Curiosities, um, from Yad Aron, which uh, it's, a, it's a charitable organization that my wife works for. And they get all kinds of fascinating donations, very, very often from deceased estates. Um, and uh, so I had a collection of some of the more interesting things that have arrived uh, over the last few years, just as for light relief. David, fascinating. I can't wait to see the online edition of Jewish Affairs. Thank you so much for coming in. And as also, David, thank you for being like the silent partner in my show on Jewish Board Talk, mm-hmm. for uh, running through ideas, running through uh, all kinds of guests and all the rest, my, my sounding board. So I appreciate that. Uh, listen, you're, uh, it's prestige to appear in your show now, series. <laughs>